0: You're gonna learn these tools and how to apply them in your life now so that you can become the most free, powerful, bold authentic version of you. Hey, welcome to today's episode of the show. Today's gonna to be fun because we're gonna be getting into dating and uh, as as always dating and relationships is one of the most fascinating areas where confidence is essential. And uh, you could say that probably about every area of life, that uh, your confidence level, your belief in yourself has a big impact on how you show up, how people respond to you, the results that you get, and so on and so forth. But nowhere is it more immediately apparent, I've found, than in dating and relationships. And I'll be talking more about what I mean by that. But uh, I'm also excited because we have a guest co-host with me today, Amber Gruenman, a amazing coach on my team who helps people with all areas of confidence, but really knows her stuff when it comes to dating and relationships. So thank you for joining me today, Amber.
1: Of course. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's get right into it. This episode is going to be all about confident dating mindsets. Uh, the, the mindset you want to have when it comes to dating, that's really going to set you up for success. And so let me set the stage here. Um, it's to, to highlight how important confidence is in dating in that I think when it comes to, uh, I don't know, our physical fitness or even our careers, we can kind of point to uh, where we are. And so let's say you, you all of a sudden got a burst in your physical confidence or a burst in your career confidence. If you're like you haven't run in two years and you have a burst in your physical confidence, y- you might not just be able to go run a marathon that week. It's probably a bad idea. And uh, let's say you, you've been kind of scraping along in your career, and then you have a burst in your career confidence. You're not going to become, like, the president of the company in a week. You know, so it, you can systematically change that area of your life. But when it comes to dating, it there's no, like, external marker. Like, you, you could go from, like, having a drought or a dry spell or never having done anything – and if you have the right confidence and the right energy about you, you can have like four dates lined up within a week, and that is mind-boggling to me. And when I really got that, um, it blew me away. Now, not to set crazy expectations, obviously, I have to work at this area too. But I just really want to highlight the the potential and the possibility for for rapid change, and so much of it comes back to confidence. So I have a, some some great notes. I know you do as well, Amber. Let's let's get into. Um, let's just hear some of that. Maybe one, start with one of the mindsets that you think is uh, key in the clients that you worked with uh, f- in terms of dating confidence mindsets.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that holds people back is the fear of getting embarrassed or making a mistake or um, just like these little things in communication, like losing your train of thought, messing up your words, like all of these things that Uh, get blown out of proportion for people with social anxiety or just people who are nervous about dating. And so I think a really helpful mindset is that there's room for all of that. And I'll give you an example. Um, Just a few weeks ago, I went to dinner with some people and I can't tell you exactly what I said because it embarrassed both me and my boyfriend (laughs) who came with me to that dinner and basically I said something really weird and like the entire table like stopped eating and they were like what the fuck did she just say like um and one girl actually was like okay check please like kind of joking but kind of like it was just like I just said something weird and um I was embarrassed in that moment but like a few like I was embarrassed for like 10 or 20 minutes and then I was like oh whatever like that happens and um the next day actually that girl who was like the most weirded out by what I said she texted me the next day like hey you want to hang out this week and it just like proves again for me that there's so much room for like embarrassing yourself saying the wrong thing losing your train of thought not making perfect eye contact and so I think like a lot of people who get into the pickup artist stuff they become perfectionists Mm. And They think I have to say like the exact right thing at the exact right time and keep the perfect percentage of eye contact. And she has to talk 80% of the time and I have to talk 20% of the time. And um, all of that can lead you to believe that there's no space for mistakes Mm. and there's no space to um, say the wrong thing or like mess anything up. And that is actually going to affect your confidence in a really negative way. And you're going to show up to the date, like really stiff and, uncomfortable and nervous and anxious, which is the exact opposite of what you're trying to achieve with the pickup artist stuff in the first place.
0: Yeah, that highlights a really good point about the, that I think a lot of people, I'd certainly was drawn to the pickup artist stuff coming from a place of lack of success in my dating life and also a pretty heavy sense of inadequacy of I'm not enough as I am. I mean I think that's pretty true for almost all people that are drawn to pick up artist stuff because if you thought, Oh, I'm I'm no, I'm great as I am, I have so much to offer and of course, you know, women or some people want to date me, yeah. Uh, then you would start to put yourself out there more. But it's usually you get people who have low self esteem in this area, and one way to compensate for that is to, you know, get into that perfectionism thing you're talking about. It's like, Oh, okay, well this is the pathway to be good enough to get dates and you know and uh, and obviously, me as I am, am not enough, so I think what you're highlighting is so important is that you are okay and and there's a lot more space to be you in fact that that actually goes to the one of the ones that I wanted to touch on, which is and this one might people might have heard me say this before, it might seem obvious, but when you really get it, it's a game changer, and that is. Knowing your value, deeply knowing your value, especially in a romantic context here, as we're talking about it. Uh, because when that's there, things click. And when it's not, it's an uphill struggle. In fact, I was just talking with a, a former student in the mastermind. He's gone on, he's completed my mastermind program, he's been to a number of live events and now he's really uh thriving in his dating life and his life in general i'm just so proud of him and uh i recently gave him some feedback i was like whoa when i interact with you now it's like he's like a strong solid powerful man and in some ways when i first met him it was almost like he had this boy energy i was kind of looking to others and looking to women and anyway he's strong in himself and he was just telling me about he's like yeah i I had this big breakthrough like a couple weeks ago where I even more deeply got how much I would I bring to relationships and and how, you know, uh, just he was like floundering for the words. But you could tell, like, he really got like, I'm awesome. And he's like, since that time, I've just had so many dating opportunities. Like I'm getting my my, uh, apps like he had Bumble and whatever are like way more is happening on there without me doing anything. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And he's like, you-, you taught me that a long time ago, but I-, I don't think I really got it until now. And so uh, if you're listening to this, one way to help yourself start to get it is to uh, slow down and find a way to convince yourself that you bring value into a dating interaction or a relationship. And you might have a reason, you know, 17 reasons why you don't and why you're not good enough and why you're awkward and why you can't do that. But as long as your energy is going into that, you are uh, really stuck in a lot of ways. And we want to shift into why I'm, what I bring is a value because it'll change everything about how you show up to the date, about whether you're the selector or hoping to be selected and so many other things
1: so um what do you think are like some examples of value that people bring to dating and relationships beyond like the obvious because I think a lot of men especially go straight to like I have a job money um good looks like just like very surface level things like what for example for you what do you feel like you bring to your relationship with Candace
0: Right. Well, definitely top of the list is a um, lot of money, nice car and abs. <laughs> you got to have those and maybe some biceps too. Uh, and then chiseled jaw and blue eyes. Those are, <laughs> if you got those, you're fine. But
1: you don't even have that. <laughs> no. You don't have blue eyes. <laughs> How
0: dare you? How dare you say my abs are not chiseled, right? So uh, yes, this is what our mind goes to is all those superficial things. And what's mind boggling is that people have none of those and have incredible relationships. And um, not to say that you can't thrive in your financial life or your health and have a relationship too. But so, yeah, the value that we bring. So if I were to think about what do I bring into a relationship, one is I'm a very self-aware person, which is of extreme value in a relationship. Because if you're not self-aware in a relationship, you're going to have a lot more blaming of the other person, reacting to the other person, not being able to reflect and say, hmm, why am I getting bothered by that? Instead, you're like, you you shouldn't do that anymore. Stop it, you know, or whatever. So self-awareness is huge. Um, I'm extremely good at communication. So being able to talk through stuff, bring stuff up, talk about emotions, um, these are things that I think are essential for relationships, and I think a lot of people, unfortunately, don't learn. Uh, but I, I can do them very well. Um, I think I am able to be very present, which is extremely important. I'm able to, like, f- be fully with someone, in this case Candace, my wife, be fully with her, uh, listen to her, energetically be there and be grounded, and she can feel that. And uh, I think it's deeply nourishing uh, to anyone, but especially a woman really needs that from her partner, from her man, to, to be present and grounded. Um, I'm definitely funny. Some folks say hilarious, but uh <laughs> um, enthusiasm for life, man, like I just um i just I get inspired by things, I get excited by things, i'm growing, i'm changing, i'm evolving, and generally you know it's things that fit right in with with what she wants to do and how she wants to grow, so whether it's our health or parenting style or whatever like and she's this way as well, so we both kind of feed on each other, and so life is never never boring ever stagnant it's always changing and growing um even if from the outside you know it might look kind of simple in a way like a lot of family time and together you know not crazy adventures out in the world but there's so much like personal growth and change in our diet in our mindset in our um outlook on life so th- and this is just uh so these are not premeditated um but if you said, Aziz, you know, come up with five more, I would come up with five more. And you said, Aziz, dig deep, come up with five more, I would come up with five more. And that's not because I'm a crazy you know, egomaniac. That's because I, I love who I am and, and I in f- fully want to engage in this life. And I've seen other people that when they activate that energy in themselves, they become uh, powerfully magnetic in a dating context.
1: Nice. I think um, for me, one that just came up, I think I really like about myself that it doesn't take a lot for me to have fun. I know a lot of um, other people may need like a lot of external stimulus to have fun. Like we have to go on a crazy date. We need to be traveling all the time. We need to go all over the world. And um, that's all fine and great. But I can also have like a really awesome time just at home, like on the couch and like be laughing crying on the floor because I'm having so much fun so that's one thing that I like about myself that I think also really adds to my relationship with my boyfriend mm-hmm
0: and I think that's great and I think you know if as you're listening to this how readily accessible are are your uh, the things that you bring the value that you have and and a lot of it you don't have to look like super far and super hard or it doesn't have to be some objectively, um, like society says it's great. You know, notice how, what the thing that Amber is sharing there and what I'm sharing, this is just like, it's just kind of who, who you are, right? So it's just an aspect of who you are. You're, you're able to really enjoy the simple things in life. And so I, I encourage you as you're listening to reflect on this and focus more and more and more of your attention on that, uh, versus, you know, how do I need to be? Because if we're not aware of our awesomeness, and this is something we definitely want to hit on in this episode, Amber, is you know, a lot of people fall into the pleasing approval-seeking energy when it comes to dating. So what would you say is like a mindset or an alternative? Like how can people do something different when it comes to dating and relationships?
1: Yeah, so um, I think the approval-seeking comes from a place of like we may know that not everybody can like us and we may have heard that and we may say like yeah I know like if I go in a room of 100 people not everybody can like me but then we proceed to go out and try to make everybody like us Um, (laughs) so I think it's actually like deepening that belief and so the way we do that so when we're born as babies we don't have any beliefs we don't think we're male or female we don't think the earth is round or flat we don't think Um, people are pretty or ugly we're just born a clean slate and then uh, somewhere along the line different beliefs get planted into our minds um, consciously unconsciously through experiences and other people and those beliefs get nourished and so when you're approval seeking you may one of the beliefs that may be behind that is that um, if everybody if somebody doesn't like me that means I'm bad or I did something bad and so we need to confirm the belief, the opposite belief, which is that it's normal that everybody won't like you and um, you wouldn't want everybody to like you because that would mean you're kind of like bland or you're not being authentic.
0: Mm-hmm. And there seems to be a... I've seen this in myself too. There can be like a fundamental resistance to that fact it's like a fighting against that it's like yeah i know i know that's how it is but no no i don't want it to be that way
1: yeah and And, uh the belief behind it is kind of like if i were doing this right then everybody would like me but actually the opposite is true is like if you're doing it right and by right we mean you're being authentic, you're sharing freely, you're being yourself, you're having fun, um, then not everybody will like you. And that's actually how you know that you're doing it right. <laughs> like social interactions and dating interactions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think there's there's something just about um, uh, really calming, like there's no threat in someone disliking you someone and that's I think that's the there's this unconscious It's really dangerous, and I'm gonna die if that happens kind <laughs> of reaction that we have to it and as much as you can really Relax into seeing it as like it's no threat and this you know, so so when it's coming up and you're feeling that like ah, ah I gotta gotta this it's like see if you can find a way to just remind yourself and some soothe or relax yourself like it's okay It's no it's not a threat to me If this person doesn't like something about me. And one thing that is very helpful also to consciously remind yourself of before approaching someone before going on a date, you know, heck, even before like responding back on a dating app or something, even you know, before you engage, take a full deep breath in and as you let it out, say out loud or to yourself, I don't need anything from you. I don't need something from you. Like, what if we could shift our focus from what, do I, what am I going to get from you to just curiosity and openness? Maybe even seeing, you know, what, how you can give to them. But at the very least, just being curious and open. Because as soon as we get into, like, I got to get something from you, uh, we go out of relating and just sharing who we are and asking about them. And we move into controlling. I got to control you. I got to make you see me this way and not that way. I got to make you feel this way, but not that way. And as soon as we start that path, um, even if it goes the way we want, we suffer because we're anxious. We're tense. Sure. That that day went well, but what about the next one? And we reckon on this endless hamster wheel of approval seeking. So just remember that when you're in that moment, I don't need anything from you. And you know, it's a, it's designed to remind you of a truth. And then you just keep, (sighs) I found like a sigh kind of helps uh, further uh, convince me of that fact.
1: Yeah. And um, I think another belief that can help with this is that you can't get rejected by the right person. So a lot of times when somebody rejects us, either like we just asked them out and they said no, or like three dates in or, A year into the relationship, um, we have this feeling like if they hadn't rejected me or if I hadn't messed this up, then we would still be dating and living happily ever after. But I actually don't believe that. I think when somebody rejects another person, they were just the one to notice first that it wasn't a good fit. And so usually, like, for example, when you're in a relationship and you break up, it's not like, okay three, two, one. And now we both notice that we don't want to be together. It's usually like one person notices before the other that it's not right. And they end up being the one to reject the other person or break up with them. Um, But that doesn't mean like if they hadn't felt that, that you would still be together. If you had stayed together, you would have been the one to notice down the line that it wasn't a good fit.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a... That is a key point is like there's this... um... This this uh, clinging energy in a way is like no, it has to be this person versus realizing. Well, look, even if you think that they were perfect in every single way, if they're not open or available to be with you, then it's then it's obviously not a right fit. Again, it, there's just like this sort of arguing with reality. I think we can do in that case, or in the case of wanting everyone to like us, and there's a there's an element of uh, I guess maturity where we just sort of say, yep. That's how that is. That's how that mm-hmm. goes. Awesome. So what, what else? Do you have any other mindsets that, you, that are coming up in this conversation or that you thought of as you were preparing yeah. for this?
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, just one thing that I thought of right now as we were talking about that is um, just in general, when things happen that upset us, even if they hurt in the moment, um, just the thought that I'm not sure that this is bad for my life. Like, okay, this feels awful right now, but overall, there may be some positive consequences. Like maybe because this person said no to me, I'll meet this really incredible person down the line that is actually going to be my soulmate, or it'll um, force me to look inwards at why I'm hurting so much when they rejected me, and it'll lead to some personal growth. Um, There's always positive and negative consequences of everything. And so just having that perspective as well, because usually when somebody rejects us or we just say the wrong thing and we feel embarrassed, we just jump right to the conclusion that that was bad and that shouldn't have happened. And like, it's just bad and there's no good consequences of it. But if we actually stop to question that belief, we can see that there may actually be a lot of positive consequences of that painful thing. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I would go so far as to encourage people to like decide that that is how you're going to uh, you know choose to, to react to events in life. And sometimes we fall into a victim mode and lose that, but returning to your center. And uh, uh, one phrase for it that I learned from Tony Robbins is the uh, principle of utilization, which is I'm going to use whatever happens to me. Mm. And so if it, Okay, that didn't okay, I'm going to use this opportunity to go inward and look at my pain around rejection. or I'm going to use this opportunity to uh, continue to risk and put myself out there and find someone new. Um, and that's sort of taking the power back into your hands. And ultimately, I think there's great benefit in having a more almost spiritual philosophy of what uh, life is unfolding exactly as it should. and there are lessons that I need to learn that are going to be presented to me again and again till I learn them. And uh, also there is like the lesson and the medicine and the growth is in the experiences, and they're not all pleasurable. And if they were, I wouldn't grow because the truth is we don't really grow too much from pleasure. We grow from pain. So you go, you know, you ask five people out and they're all like, heck yeah, you don't grow that much. You might feel great. Uh, but then, when the last person's like, no, no mm, don't really like you. Or, or, you know, even worse, they go on a date or two with you and then they're like, nah, no, yeah. Like, you think about that one a lot more. You're like, what? Why? Yeah. And maybe you're going to learn something, whether it's something specific that you're doing. Um, like in my case, it was a lot of people pleasing energy, um, you know, that. That extra last, you know, rejection, nail in the coffin felt like the worst thing in the world for me. And it was the best thing that happened to me because that last worst rejection that I got in my early dating life literally spawned me on a path that has led to this conversation right here. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but it led to uh, obsessive personal growth and exploration and wanting to learn How to overcome the obstacles I was experiencing in my dating life, and then when I got a taste of that, I was like, "Whoa, I can learn and then improve my life." Um, Well, then I got hooked. But I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's super important. Um, You know, one other thing I wanted to bring up too, uh, just as a as a key dating mindset, is, and this comes back to approval seeking and not approve, you know, and, and doing something different. When we're in approval seeking mode we're very self-absorbed even if we try to hide it even if we pretend like we're not like we're asking them lots of questions and we're following up on the questions being like oh interesting tell me more you know and we're looking really engaged but if we're fully honest with ourselves our focus a lot of the time during when we're listening is okay how did that come across did they like what i said there Was that was that the right thing that they wanted to hear? How am I am I looking right? Am I doing this right? Do they like this? Do they like what I'm doing? And there's this like it's like a program running on your computer that's taking a ton of RAM and makes the rest of your system run kind of jerky and clunky. And it's the kind of thing that the other person might not be able to point a finger to and be like, oh wow, he was so distracted, or oh wow, she was just really, you know, self absorbed. They're not going to be able to say that because you look really engaged, but energetically, they're going to feel it and it's not going to feel as good. And they're probably not going to want more. And I've seen this again and again with clients and I experienced it as well. And so uh, it's essential to get out that, that totally self-focused, am I doing right? And just getting out of that and experiment with when that other person is talking what is it like to be fully focused on them and actually just really curious about what they're saying? You know, oh, what, what was her trip like? Or, oh, what, what is, well, when he's telling you something about work, we're like, well, what is, it, what is that like there in that workplace environment? And you're just really immersed in that world and their experience, and that's going to, not only you're going to feel a lot more relaxed and better, but it's actually going to have a much more magnetic effect in the, in the dating experience as well.
1: Mm-hmm. When you're pretending or putting on a mask or people pleasing, you can have a hundred interactions with people, but you won't really feel nourished by any of them. And you always end up still feeling a little bit lonely because they weren't really with you. They were with the facade that you put on. And so um, just like with for connecting with people, it's really important to learn how to let go Of those expectations to please everybody to get everybody to like you um, because it's lonely and it's actually painful
0: absolutely yeah I've experienced that firsthand and I'll just say well you know what we'll turn this one into an action step so that brings us to our action step time for action 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 so your action step I mean, there's so many things. One action step could just be to take one thing that you learn from here and go do it, go apply it. But I would say uh, the big one that's just piggybacking right off of what you said, Amber, is take the risk to be more you. You know, Amber was sharing that story in the beginning about saying something embarrassing and like, not to say that you are going immediately going to be horribly embarrassed, but you might, right? That's the fear. Oh, no. If I let go a little bit, I'm going to say something terribly embarrassing. But Well, take the risk. And that might not be a horribly embarrassing story that you share, but it might just be, um, you know, one client in the mastermind was saying recently, like he just, she brought up something, uh, a woman he was dating was sharing something about her past relationship and his reaction was like, oh, wow, that was really fast that you did blah, blah, blah with the next partner. And he just said that out loud, like, oh, wow, that's really fast that you guys did that. And he's like in the past I went have said that. I would have been like, "Well, does she think it's fast? Was it is that judgmental? Is that whatever?" He's like, "Well, I don't know, that was just the thought I had." And so I'm just talking about that little risk to be more you because A that's the name of the game and and dating and relationships is love is a high-risk game. And if you want to experience it and feel it and really enjoy it, you you got to you got to go fully, go go all in. But uh you know, you'll have better results, but you'll also feel more loved and more love. So that would be the action step. Amber, before we conclude today, do you have any final thoughts or parting words on confident dating mindsets?
1: I think everything has been said on the topic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> boom, we nailed it. We, we've, con- we've covered all possible confident. If you, if you listening have your own confident dating mindset that you think that we missed, you're wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) We nailed it. Nailed it. So slam dunk. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. And until we speak again, may you have the courage to be who you are, to know that you're awesome. And uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Be well. Thanks for
1: listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com.